social impact. Just what are public-private partnerships? How are we keeping children safe? Children are being reduced to data points so outcomes can be tracked. Now there's a predatory model based on profit. When you are talking about money and children, the system gets gamed and you, the parent, lose your voice. Is it really informed consent? You decide. Here's your host, Lynn Davenport. You're listening to Social Impact. This is Lynn Davenport, and I'm here with my friend Ewan Blackman. This is the second time for Ewan to be on the show. The last time we were talking about the big business of school bonds. And this time we are going to talk about education again, but uh, more specifically what's going on with all these superintendents leaving. And uh, But I'll back up and just tell a little bit about you. So I know you came from the private sector into education. You are a physics teacher. How long have you been teaching? So I've been teaching total now 19 years. All right. Well, welcome. Welcome back. Well, thank you. And uh, anything else that I left out of your bio? No, just that I was in, in, in corporate America for 12 years, um, AT&T, CompUSA, throwback to CompUSA, old, old school. Um, and so I come with it with a lens that's a little different from some educators, for sure. And um, educational activist now, I, I think that as much as I impact uh, the lives of the students in my classroom, it's time to impact the structure and setup of education on, on a broader context. And that's what I'm, I'm really trying to get um, done more um, from a standpoint of uh, processes and things that we do that just don't make sense and are not mm-hmm. producing results. And the number one result above everything else is, are our kids learning? Well, and I also want to say that you're an immigrant. You're from South Africa, and you've seen a lot politically. And, and uh, so coming to the States, and you've been here a number of years, so uh, I think it, it's interesting when I get your perspective on what you've seen abroad and what you see now and it, it's shocking the the transformation of America and namely in the education system and yeah. so I, I know that you and I have talked a lot about what the kids are learning how they're learning and what could be done to improve that but today so I want to talk about leadership in our schools and the, in the news there, there are a lot of stories about this mass exodus of superintendents from ISDs and some of the the big districts, like uh, I know Dallas ISD, their superintendent's now going to run for mayor, Hinojosa. And uh, so he's failed at running a school district, so now he's going to try and you know see if he can run a city. Yeah. Sure, no problem. Demotion, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> right. And then we have the superintendent of Richardson ISD, so Dr. Jeannie Stone left. And I, I think a lot of yeah. these superintendents saw the writing on the wall. They knew that their performance was going to be evaluated through their review. And it, it's it's pretty the, – the results are pretty – Dismal. I know there's a lot of spin on the star results that the TEA commissioner is is saying. Oh, look at all you know they've made all these gains. I think it's smoke and mirrors because if you really look at at the kid, the academic kids don't know their basic math. They don't know how to write. They're not reading on grade level the majority. But um, so Richardson just appointed Tabitha Branham as our. She was our interim superintendent. Now she is our superintendent. You want to talk about that? Or you just want to talk about superintendents in general? Sure. Let's, well, let's back it up to the 30,000-foot and then, and then get a little more granular. So mm-hmm. if we take a look at the, the issues of leadership, I think, is a much bigger problem. And it goes to 
this whole coupling up with the United Nations as a leader for us as, as a country. In other words, we see more of this deferral to what the UN says, to what the WHO says, all these other entities where America used to be the forefront, a leading, cutting edge, the, 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 the great, uh, what do they call them, those, those, those committees where people get together and think up uh, policies and think up how to do things and, and come up with some great solutions. And, and we had the, the, the eminent, preeminent leaders of the world were right here in America coming up with these policies and shaping it and what made the American century uh, for, for a lot of uh, um, uh, want of, of discussing that. The, the, the American century, the last century, came about, I think, because you had a lot of really smart people working complex issues and problems. We now seem to be deferring that more and more to the United Nations and to their entities and, and, and groups, which I find to be quite corrupt, uh, without a doubt. Segue that into what you see in education um, with the uh, TASA, TASB, those two uh, entities that, that are now leading the school districts. They've taken the I out of the ISD in Absolutely. a number of ways. Um, and TASA and TASB, for the listeners, that's Texas Association of School Administrators and Texas Association of School Boards. Those are taxpayer-funded lobbying groups Accountable who, to no one. Yes, who, who lead our superintendents and our administrators and our school boards. And, um, that's, and they also listen to a distant voice, and you're right, because the UN Sustainable Development Goals, I believe it's number four, is education. Correct. And I, when I ran for a seat on the Dallas College Board uh, recently, they had in the foyer of Dallas College, they had one of those... Uh, had cardstock uh, of brochures that they gave out, and they were the, they were the literal colored tiles of the UN Sustainable Development Goals. Well, those things are all they all fly in the face of the Texas, I mean, of the U.S. Constitution. And so we are we're morphing into this globalist agenda um, you know, that is being imposed on our schools. So you're absolutely right. So they listen to a distant voice rather than the local taxpayer and the parents. And I have personal experience that. I mean, I try to contact Tasby once on on some writing and a policy you're talking. In your last statement about the uh, FNGs and all the local and legal and all the policy that the school district has. And uh, it, it's just, I tried to get clarification on something because if you, you have a problem with the education code, you can contact the person that wrote the code and talk to them about it and say, what did you mean? Because interpretation is a funny thing in the law, right? It mm -hmm. depends on what your definition of is is. But, uh, but you go through that whole process. And when I got to the TASB, I got all the way to the, the person that could give me the information. I said, sorry, we don't talk to teachers and we don't talk to parents. We're kind of we, we're a, a school board TAS, TASB. We're a school board uh, entity, and that's who we, who we talk to. So you can get no clarification on these policies that they're right, and then they disseminate to out to all these school districts. They've taken the eye out of the ISD. I keep saying that because literally, you could take any policy in your school in your school board policy manual, just copy and paste into Google and do a search. And you'll sh be shocked at how many school districts have that exact same policy, verbatim, the exact same words. Absolutely, because, because I found a, a I found a school policy. Uh, it was about uh, blockchain, and it was talking about next generation technologies. Every single school district in Texas has this language in there, as well as artificial in intelligence, and uh, so in cryptocurrency is embedded in there. So yes, they they don't have independent thought. They don't make independent local decisions because they do whatever the cut and paste policy says. And that's the Tasby, because right? mm -hmm. you just pass it off to them. If, if something screws up and something goes wrong, you say, fault. "Well, Tasby came up with this program and we followed it." And then there's yeah. double speak and triple speak, and it gets, it gets very muddy. So I think what's happening, with, in my personal estimation, of what's happening with the superintendent issues with the uh, Hinojosas and the Scribners out in uh, Dr. Scribner out in Fort Worth, who said he'd stay on for another while longer, but then 
curtailed that. Well, that was because the parents that that came in the previous uh, podcast that we did is that um, they 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 got they got them to leave because of the public pressure. So, okay, when we come back, let's talk about open meetings and and uh, and we'll we'll be right back. We're gonna take a break. Local business, don't get run over like a freight train. What if there were television and podcast studios right in your own backyard? Call 214-714-0495. OBBM Network Studios at Grace Point Media are DFW's full-service media solution for busy business owners who want to support their local community. Want your own show? We'll put it together and promote it for you. Want to advertise to businesses? With over 20 platforms, OBBM Network gets you in front of DFW's business community in powerful and creative new ways. Associate in higher profile circles. Take advantage of guest spots on business TV or podcasts. Join us at 1860 Crown Road, Suite 1410 in Farmers Branch, Texas for an episode, or maybe two. In fact, make OBBM the place you meet for valuable one-on-ones. Profitable business, free America. Make media work for you, DFW. Call 214-714-0495 and check out the calendar on offbeatbusiness.com for events you don't want to miss. What was that number? 214-714-0495. Be the leader you know you can be. Build your professional network and access education that takes you where you want to go. We are women of all ages and backgrounds. You deserve national recognition and opportunities to build relationships with people you want to work and grow with. Hit the ground running with the Charisma Chapter of the American Business Women's Association. Meetings each month from 6 to 8.30 p.m. on the fourth Tuesday in Farmers Branch, Texas and online. Come with us. Experience ABWA for yourself. Go to charisma.abwa.org to learn more. You're listening to Social Impact. We're back here with Ewan Blackman. So Ewan, we were talking about the superintendent search. Anything you want to close, I mean, or finish with that before we go into Open Meetings Act? Yeah, sure. I think I think you hit on a little bit when you said these these uh, programs and policies that were ro- rolling out with, with great promises of, and grandeur. I mean, if we remember the, uh, the ACE programs in Richardson with the four schools, there was a lot of confetti and music and dancing, all this cool stuff, and then it just faded into the background. And there has to be an accountability for that, and people have to be held uh, to, to reason like, hey, what is really going on there? What what really worked and what didn't? And, yes, and they I, need to be evaluated, right. and then if they're effective, fine, great. And that's uncomfortable. Keep it going. That is very uncomfortable to evaluate. If I sat here and evaluated how you ran your show and talked about how things were going, you wouldn't feel comfortable about that, for sure. But that's part of a democracy. It's part of how we live in, in an open and free society where people get to express and talk about in issues that are relevant and and huge to to, when, to them, like the education say, of our kids. When you know better, do better. I mean, I know you didn't yes. make that up, but the, you, I no, heard you say that. Lou, yeah, one of my favorite quotes is, you know, do, do your best until you know better, then be better. And mm-hmm. I just, I, I love, I love that because it just says, hey, we only work from what we know. But when people start telling you what other things are out there and how things are not working, then you need to listen. Mm-hmm. And so, so that that segues into the superintendent search for Richardson because we we. Uh, had Dr. Stone resigned, it was too much, the, the masking and stuff, which I, I found interesting because initially it was, we forced her to quit and there was a lot of people that treated her so badly and, and I'm like, no, it was, just, it was bad policy decisions she made, bad acts she took, like dividing people who were masked and unmasked without even asking their vaccine status or any of those things. And, and it was just bad. She jumped in, I think, for me personally, she, she jumped in with, with Clay Jenkins and, uh, his whole idea of just go with what the Democrat talking points were. They wanted to put the independence back into things like we want local control, but then the very fundamental local control, which is me over my own face, 
was, right. was taken away. So you, oh, so absolutely. Was, and there was, was no good. discussion because they they made arbitrary decisions for the parents over their children. And then uh, you're right, they did. They used it as a wedge. They segregated the parents. Those unmasked had to sit in the back of the 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 room. And, um, and also there was no discussion. We couldn't have a, a public debate on the efficacy Correct. of masks or even the safety of vaccines. They wanted to bribe the teachers to take them. So I don't want to get too much off on, on that, but um, I know with um, Richardson ISD, because you were both taxpayers there, so we'll use that as, as an example, but they the, the school district was sued by a former trustee for violating Texas Open right. Meetings Act, TOMA. And so um, I know that that, that is, um, that's something that's happening in school districts across Texas is that they're, they're doing walking quorums, rolling quorums, where they take out people, you know, two by two, and they make decisions so that they don't have to have the, the quorum because in a public meeting they have to talk about these right. things above board. They don't like that. They like to, to be able to have the private sessions where they can be real about things, and we can't see that. So talk about that. Yeah, that, that's yeah, that's the bane of my existence is these these closed meetings that now have more and more exceptions to them that they can now do. It used to be just for property discussion. Well, fair enough because you don't want somebody jacking your property price up and up and up because you're trying to look at buying property. But they, they do these crazy meetings to consult with attorney. Uh, we had a, we had a discussion a couple of years ago where they they shut the meeting down. A meeting went to private session to consult with the attorney because there was some disagreement on the board, and you saw some members of the school board disagree on salaries for uh, I think it was a retention stipend that we're talking about and they just shut it down when they came back everyone was making nice with everyone and suddenly they all came up with this uh, proposal Consensus. and it was good yeah <laughs> and so we, we miss out on seeing that as, as a public and, and that's not right so with the superintendent search um, I understand why they wanted to do that behind closed doors because they had people apply that were still in positions in school districts we had several superintendents of school districts uh, apply sitting superintendents and I just think that that's, that sets up a bad a bad deal because I I don't know who who the talent pool was, mm-hmm. who who applied for this job. Uh, so it other wasn't than, open, than, than Tabitha, and um, it wasn't transparent. And then we paid thirty five thousand dollars. I read where to to basically make a decision so we could we could interview all these candidates when we already you know knew that they were. Or I think they already knew that they were going with Tabitha. But yeah, uh, I'll, I'll push back Brandon. a little on that because I don't I don't think that. I think the search firm was real. I think they put out an RFP. They got about 20 candidates is what they told us. Uh, we don't know who they were, though. But And I, and I spoke and continue to speak in support of, of Tabitha getting that position at this time because I found dealing with her, she has been open. She's been responsive. Uh, she's followed up with issues that, that have been brought to her attention. And, and for me, that's what leadership is. And, and somebody like myself who's very direct and confrontational when, when issues come along ha- has, has been dealt with in, in, in a fairly good way. Uh, Dr. Stone missed all of that with our community. Well, and she's been there since 2014. She was actually there a year before Dr. Stone came. And then we picked Dr. Stone from, you know, she already was an employee when they picked her. So I guess I'm a little jaded because like, oh, we're going to do this extensive search. Oh, there's a lot of trust. Oh, by the way, you know, we're just going to go with this, you know, who we have. And that's not really, um, but, but I guess coming back to, so uh, as far as holding the superintendent accountable, I think that's up to the school board. It's I mean, it's not it just is. what I think it is. It's it is Legally, defined yeah. in their responsibilities is that they hold they hire and fire the superintendent as well as hold them accountable for their performance. And what we tend to do is we tend to reward per- bad performance. We gave Stone raises and I mean, in the middle of a 
global wow. pandemic yeah. where we're, many of us are being laid off or furloughed and you know the job seekers that I was counseling at the time and we're giving her a, a big old fat bonus $75,000 so I, I like that you're going directly to uh, ta- to uh, Mrs. Branham and telling her what you expect you want that you want her to tell you what what is happening and, and maybe explain some of the decisions she's made and, and keep that open communication. Absolutely. That's certainly better than what you have with Dr. Stone. I did give up on Dr. Stone and quit meeting with her because once she showed me who she was, I believed her. Absolutely. And, I, and I knew it was futile. The efforts were futile. She made veneer me feel, of care is the yeah, word I used. Veneer of care. That's exactly right. Uh, okay, so what else are you working on with, with uh, as a, a local, as a taxpayer, and as a, somebody who's invested in education? You care about what's happening. You've worked for multiple districts. You worked for Dallas ISD. You worked for Richardson ISD and Highland Park ISD. So what um, what are you working on now uh, as far as uh, trying to make positive change? Yeah, so I've, I've actually uh, joined up with a group called Innovative Teachers of Texas, which is for those folks who are more conservative teachers or center-right, um, are involved with advocating and um, helping teachers get control back in their classroom from an individualist and innovative standpoint. So it's sort of like a, it's not a union because Texas can't uh, have, or we have um, teacher organizations, not unions, because we don't have collective bargaining. Right. But it's like that, it's like an alternative to... It's an alternative to the NEA, to the AFT, and all those folks out there who Perfect. take exorbitant fees and then donate a ton of money to the Democrat Party. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm not a fan of, of the, the Democrat Party or the policies, left-wing Marxism. All of those things is nothing that I think has shown any promise in the entire 150 years history of Engels and Marx writing their manifestos on communism. Nothing has ever come good of that. No. Um, and, and that's unfortunate because it's such a promising idea. But in practice, it sucks. Well, honest. every time it's been practiced, it's it's failed. Right, because it so. requires authoritarian dictatorship to tell everyone how to live and what to do because that's how that has to result in, in what's happening. So you see a lot of that sort of creeping its way into education today. Uh, a lot of leftists have, have joined into education and, and become advocates for education, but through a Marxist lens. And I, and I really, that's that's a pushback I like to do, and it's a pushback that ITT does. And um, also, they also cover insurance as well, which is which is the amazing part for teachers. It's $3 million in, in malpractice insurance. Wow. If you knew teachers needed such a thing, by the way. No, you think the district would just back them, but no, if you, you're don't. on your own. If you if you make a mistake, as a humans, I want to do sometimes. They don't want anything to do with you. Sorry, that's your problem. <laughs> right. Well, and I, you know, with the NEA and AFT, they both have have aligned really uh, if you look at the president of the national president of AFT Randy Weingarten she was siding mm-hmm. with keeping the schools closed kids yeah. masked and Imagine and that. really ushering in the replacement for teachers through technology she was a, an original signatory on the the um, education reimagined so oh, she's she's working for the other team really okay well so when we, we come back I want to talk about some solutions we'll be right back 90% of news outlets in the United States are controlled by six corporations. They're not out to tell you the truth of what's happening. They're out to tell you the picture of the world that they represent. The mission of the Epic Times is to chase the truth, to ground all statements and facts, and prevent people from being misled. This is a battle, a battle between truth and deceit. Subscribe today and join the Americans who are seeking truth and tradition. We'd love to have you on board. When it's time to perform, it's too late to practice. First Safety Training in DFW supports local communities and churches through firearms training and nonviolent dispute resolution training. 
understand the laws related to weapons and deadly force, handgun use and safety, and proper storage practices. A trained and licensed gun-carrying citizen will react quicker to protect themselves and others. Call 214-808-9757 to schedule your introduction to handguns, license to carry, active shooter, church security, and survival training. Be prepared for the best possible outcome of a weaponized attack. Make sure the law is on your side in the event deadly force is necessary. Call 214-808-9757 and work with former law enforcement trainers and range officers. Meet all municipal, county, state, and federal regulations. Understand your gun and how to care for it properly. Call First Safety Training at 214-808-9757 today. Business runs on technology, and human beings are creatures of habit. Unfortunately, not all our habits are good. Technology, when it works, is supposed to make our lives easier, creating routines that allow us to protect customer data, track our progress, forecast the future, communicate better, and move much faster. So you need technology solutions that work when you're not working or simply not paying attention. Smart Technology Solutions, making the complicated uncomplicated. Some of the best suggestions that we have and the, the things that happen happen during the break. So I'm coming back to something that you mentioned during the break is that with the Open Meetings Act, you had a solution where it was a proposal that so they could record the meeting and until, you know, once the deal is done, then the meeting could be released after the fact. So it does not jeopardize whatever transaction was happening through the real estate, yes. whatever the deal a is. A great example would be the RISD lawsuit. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know that David Tyson sued the district uh, for the violations of TOMA. And as a compromise to resolve that lawsuit, we came up with the um, independent districts and the opportunity districts. Right? We had the Hispanic opportunity district, we had the African American opportunity district, and then the three other districts and then two at large. And the problem with that is that we, I live in the Hispanic opportunity district. So if I want to run for the school board, am I then playing foul with the idea that I'm not going to take up school board position away from Hispanic opportunity, et cetera. And we can look at that in, in, in greater detail. Um, I think um, Rachel McGowan and Vanessa Pacheco getting on the board, both minority uh, candidates out of other districts, was great for our district. I think that more of that diversity. But with well, a it was funny because they were backed by the old white power. They, they uh, were. You know, I was like, uh, okay, well, they got us. They were establishment-backed, uh, for sure. The, the establishment candidates. That, they got nasty. Uh, they yeah. got very nasty. I was supporting a, a wonderful woman who was a former educator, teacher of the year, worked for... Um, Head Start, and, and the way they, they, they throw the word liar around like it, like it was just, you know, mm -hmm. the ice cream of the day. Um, our former disgraced uh, school board uh, president, um, Karen, Karen Clarity, was, was just disgraceful in her behavior. And, and I, will, I will rue the day when I can shout that from the mountaintops. She'll rue the day when I shout that from the mountaintops to say, your behavior was despicable. To call a person a liar to their face is one thing. To do it behind their back is a whole other thing. And, I, and I'll happily take that debate on any time with her. I think that was, that was a very nasty election. It was very uh, poorly done by, by the other side. Uh, mm -hmm. A lot of under-table, underhanded, hit-below-the-belt kind of stuff. So we'll leave that for another discussion perhaps at some time. But the Toma idea was in these closed meetings, um, if they're discussing with their attorney, for example, about the David Tyson case, uh, those should be recorded and, and become available to the public because we still can't look at the discovery from that case because the case has been settled. No, I was so quite excited. So what evidence did he have? 
I was hoping that we'd be able to, through depositions to be able to figure out what they were, how they were doing it and have that be on the record. And instead it was concealed through the other lawsuit that they used to play their hand. And, and it worked. It was brilliant on behalf of the lawyers. But uh, and, and Richardson ISD paid nearly a half a million dollars in order to keep that concealed. So they use our tax dollars. Yeah, and you can and, do the same thing with, with the property mm-hmm. uh, purchases as when they're going to buy a piece of property. Sure, you don't want people to advertise what property they're looking at and how they can drive up prices. Right. But after the thing's closed and done, why not? Fair Why game. not make that information publicly accessible? I like that idea. And then I, I want to also talk about solutions that you're proposing for. Oh, you you mentioned video conference or video. Okay, so during the school board, uh, during COVID, they had a bunch of parents coming up to the podium and. We used to be able to see our faces on video. So if you go back and watch the video, and they hated that we were sharing these three-minute segments through Instagram. And and it was really getting a lot of attention from other parents. Yes, they hated that. So what did they do? Take our faces off. So then you'd only show us from many feet back the backs of our heads. And so you're proposing that we bring back that video Yes, you got to show the speaker. I think I think that was disrespectful, mm-hmm. uh, immensely so. And I've tried to ch- chase this up with the district as to who authorized that, and no one can tell you who did that. Yet it still is that way. So, so now that we have a, a lone finalist, um, Tabitha Branham for the superintendent, that's an issue I'll be bringing before the board. I also think this idea of three, two, and one minutes, depending on how many people are speaking, is also ludicrous. We get three minutes, and if there's 50 people that show up, then guess what? As a, as an elected representative, our community, you get to sit there and hear all 50 speakers, all for three minutes each because it makes a huge difference in my preparation i do prepare my remarks it makes a huge difference between a one minute speech and a three minute speech as as to how much detail how granular i can go right those things need to go and they need to put the video back on the speakers because that's respectful that's that's you dehumanize someone when you hear them speaking but you don't see them and instead you show the school board members and then you see them looking down or being on their phone or not paying attention so so it has it has a double-edged sword in that regard but Mm -hmm. there's a lot of those meetings and the rules that came in under Dr. Stone, which, by the way, wasn't her invention. That came through through TASB again because there was a lot of parents speaking out, conservative parents. Because until then, everyone was like, yeah, we want more parent involvement. And then parents got involved, and they realized there were some pornographic books in these uh, libraries, and they didn't like that. So they, they spoke about that, and then that went viral, and then there's a lot of political pushback. And so they didn't like that because, look, democracy is messy. It is absolutely messy. People's feelings get hurt. People say things they don't like and hear things they don't like. But that's what makes us stronger. Because when you have to defend a position and take a position or a stand on something, then then you should be able to stand up and defend it and be able to listen to other people who have different opinions. And have a public debate about it. Absolutely. Have a a discussion about it. And they were making arbitrary decisions with no discussion and calling it science. Right. No, I'm with you on that. And I I think it really does. It speaks volumes when they want to remove our, our faces. Uh, whether it be through masking or through removing our faces from the the videos, it speaks volumes on what they think about us, the taxpayer. They want us to pay up and shut up, and, and we don't even know who. That's mm-hmm. the, that's the saddest part. Who who changed that policy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, how do we find that out? Through? Because it, it'll happen again. I can assure you. <laughs> if they change it back that way, they can change back the other way at some time. So, sure. uh, how, how do we get to the end of that? That's a good question. Well, what other solutions do you have that you've been working on with? Uh, I, I know I really appreciate that ITT as a, an alternative for teachers who want to have representation and organized uh, influence Absolutely. and have their voices represented because if NEA and AFT are far left and, and um, then where does that leave a teacher? Anybody who, who wants who, to do that? Somewhere in the middle or even on the right and they don't, they don't have anyone to represent them. 
any anybody who wants to do that who wants to join ITT uh, mm -hmm. you can you can google innovative teachers of texas or you can just contact me through facebook i'm i'm the only one of two you and blackmans e u a n and uh, the other guys are musician out of england so you know that's not me <laughs> mm -hmm. um, so so just just reach out to me i'll be happy to connect you up with that and, and get that going because that's one solution i think that that would bode well uh, for teachers is to have a diverse set of voices in the room discussing these issues the, uh, the other solution we're, we're looking at right now is, is I, I joined up with the, um, the discipline uh, committee out of uh, Richardson ISD, so we're going to take a look at discipline in the classroom, what's happening. And we do, we're going to do it through data uh, assessment and gathering and, and, and just take a look at what is happening in each school, because uh, one size does not fit all. It needs, it needs to be different for different campuses, different looks of, of how discipline will work, and not just discipline of like, oh, you did wrong, you go to ISS, uh, but sort of how can we re-engage students who have run afoul of the policy and get them back into the sort of restorative justice but without being that left-wing crazy program some people um, associate to that. How can right. people accountable and have them restore to its previous state what you disrupted? as a person who ran afoul of what you did. And those those are interesting ideas to look at. We'll be looking at this coming year. And then, of course, uh, the Equity Council, looking at policies through the equity lens to see uh, the word you use, I think, quite often is uh, fake equity. Which I is, say uh, fake witty, right. Fake witty, sorry. Fake witty, right, that. because it, it's empty platitudes exactly. that use the local, the, the latest yes. buzz, buzzwords, yep. equity, diversity, and inclusion. Time to put pedal to the metal and make it happen. Make yeah. it work. Let's make the kids who are down low on the, on the level of academics, mm -hmm. let's find a way to raise them up. And we don't rise people up by by uh, mm -hmm. victimizing them or making them feel like they're less than. You well, you don't bring the, the high performers down in order yeah. to, to shrink that gap. I think that is uh, that's that's uh, a really pathetic way to, to narrow the gap is yeah. by dumbing down the the curriculum and and bring everyone to the same level. Absolutely. Well, and and um, and by if we are going to be equitable that also is to we have to be honest about where the resources are going and, and let's start with that number because they can't give me that number yet right. they're going to give me that number we're going to look at that i want all 42 elementary schools eight middle schools and uh, four high schools and the alternative high school i want to know how much money we're spending on salaries and resources for those schools so we can see is there a disparity in resource allocation for these lower performing yeah. schools let's start with that that should be the baseline we need that's, to identify that's what we the were problem. supposed to talk about at our equity i was on the equity committee yep. and that's what we were supposed to talk about instead we talk about a, a bunch of fluff words and nonsense and then nothing not nothing happens i can't do fluff deal. is not my thing me, me either that's why <laughs> we get along big so and well. fluffy but it's not my style oh that's not true <laughs> okay well you and i'm it's always great to talk to you and there's so much Thanks, we Lynn. could talk i mean we could have 10 part series uh, you could have your own show actually uh well and and so yeah i'm very grateful for all the work you do and i'm looking forward to seeing what you do with our district going forward thanks so much thank you i look forward to it cheers You've been listening to the Social Impact Podcast on the OBBN Network, available on Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeart, and anywhere you enjoy listening to podcasts. For more information about how you can get involved to educate our local DFW communities or to be a guest or sponsor of Social Impact Podcast, call 214-673-4018. For OBBN Network programming information or permissions for reproduction segments of the show, call 214-714-0495. Social Impact Podcast is created by Offbeat Business Media, LLC. For the OBBM Network, unauthorized use of this content, the Social Impact Podcast or OBBM Network brands are expressly prohibited.